your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan, and we are here with another episode of the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. That is always appreciated. The Avalanche, I don't know, squeak out, eke out, grind out a two to nothing win over the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim. Uh, Never easy when the Avs go just a few miles to the west it seems like it's a whole nother world when they go out there but um the abs win it they get it done ugly fashion uh Francois was was the only thing not ugly in this game he was fantastic but kyle and i will break it all down and we will get to that schedule that we talked about because they did come out with the february schedule for the makeup games for the abs some weird things going on in there which we'll talk about too but first things first, quickly follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified when shows go live. So the Avalanche, I mean, in the end, they keep this thing rolling. They're still playing well. They get a W. They get the two points. Regulation win. Those are always good. I was an ugly game for most of it. It ended well. It ended with some heat, you know, and you expect that in a close game, things are going to get a little bit chippy. Uh, and and it did. So, like, it, it got to be a good, watchable game. But in the beginning, it was rough. It yeah. Was rough. It was to be expected. For some reason... This West Coast swing is the oddest games that you get out of the Avalanche when they play the Ducks, the Kings. Like, they're just weird, wacky games. And that first period was just rough. It was nothing looked right. And it kind of ch- went all the way through the game, but it was just a rough game to hopefully we could, you know, come out with a spark against LA tonight. But yeah, that was just not the way you want to start. I mean, I do give Anaheim credit. Like, they, and you had sent me a message. They were like, they, they, I can't remember how you worded it, but like, they, they scouted us or they, <laughs> yeah, they game they, played for us. Basically, with... I mean, they did their homework. This is yeah. the third time you're playing them yeah. this year. Uh, and which is the last time you, you've swept the season series, which is always good. But yeah, they're going to come with some different looks. I give them credit. They, they gave the Avalanche no time and space. No. Nope. Avalanche had no room to do anything. They did, could not get an open ice. They couldn't have good looks. So I give a lot of that credit to Anaheim. And Anaheim was sustaining possessions in their offensive zone. And then if they would turn the puck over or if they had a shot on net and the Avalanche were collecting the puck, trying to go up the other end of the ice, Anaheim would shut it down. Yeah. They would shut it down, and they, they wouldn't even let the Avs get over, uh, exit the defensive zone by the blue line, and they were turning it over and bringing it back. Anaheim looked good in, yeah. in, in that first period, and it was Pavel Francouz who really, really shut the door the entire game. The Avs looked good in the first few minutes, and I think they had five shots on that relatively quickly. And then there was a couple minutes left in the first period, and they still had five shots on that. 
Meanwhile, Anaheim had, I think, like 11 or 12 or something. Like Anaheim mm-hmm. got rolling. And if it wasn't for Francois, this could have been a very, very different game. And if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know I have this absolute man crush on John Gibson. And, yeah. I mean, you could – honestly, this was a rubber match. Um, both goalies just showed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you can even see it in the three stars of the game. Like, one is Francois, two is John Gibson. Like, mm. uh, other than the empty net that kind of makes the score a little uh, skewed a bit, the two goalies stood on their head. And, like, every shot mattered, and the goalies were incredible. And it made it feel a little bit slower, like, especially with Anaheim playing the way they were and clouding up every shot lane. It just felt like you could not push through either side. Well, and even, yeah, the, the second goal for the Az was an empty netter. The one goal that they did get from Sam Gerrard was was not a seeing eye like howitzer. It it was kind of skidded off the eye. At first, I think people were thinking it, it hit a skate. I don't think it did. The replays I saw, it just, he got enough on it where it kind of like hit something on the ice and it popped up in the air. It was ugly. Even the one goal of the game was ugly. And that's what got past Gibson. And that that was what was going to win it for yeah. the Avalanche tonight. It was not going to be a Nathan McKinnon slap shot or a cross-ice pass on a power play to Miko Rantanen. That stuff wasn't happening. But again, the Avalanche found a way to win in a different style of game. All of these are, are a collection of building up your repertoire of how you can win games. Clearly, you can can blow teams out. You can be physical with them, and you, you can have those four to three games. You can have the overtime games. And now you can have a game like this. Yeah. This is, you know, this puts hair on your chest. This type yeah. Of game. <laughs> we've, won, we've won the comeback games. We've won the games where we score touchdowns on teams. And now we're having those that, like, this was just nothing's going right, and you can't get going and you still win, ironically enough, the one that beats the Ducks is a knuckle puck. (laughs) Right. Technically, it is, essentially. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, And you thought you were in for a a, a nice, you know, typical half-style of game. Maybe, and I'm, the two things don't go hand-in-hand, but when Curtis McDermott and Delorier dropped gloves again, you're like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, an Avs Ducks game. Not that they're like, you know, musty TV or like this is not. We we're talking yesterday about rivalries. It's not a rivalry for those two guys. It is. Yeah, right. And they drop gloves again. This one just seemed to go on and on and on. I mean, I guess overall it was a good fight. I'm just asking, like, why are we still doing it with these guys? Like, just squelch it. Just, to, just get you know- it over with. Usually, I would have if that first period would have been eventful and it was like a two to one first period. I would have I would have been on that side, but you know that was the one shining moment of that it first really period, was. and it, it was really like was. it was it it kind of fired you up a little bit. You're like, okay, that's like you started getting a little jazz from it. You could see both benches reacting to it, and I yeah. feel like <laughs> I go ahead and mark it down. Thank God for McDermott in that first period because. We needed just some kind of jolt, and he definitely brought it. A minute and ten second fight. You don't see those anymore. So is that what it, it was? I, I didn't see like the tail of the tape or anything. Like yeah, that. one minute, minute it doesn't surprise me. One minute, ten seconds, and they pushed the lineman away. Curtis McDermott pushed the lineman away, coming God to that. break it up. 
I was yeah. like, this is what I'm talking about. That was nice. That was nice. Like, you know, you you were you were not throwing the towel in, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. Um, all right. A couple of other things to get to, um, you know, good and bad for the abs. Uh, but first, we want to hear from betonline.ag. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march into the playoffs and beyond heading towards the Super Bowl with the NFL. And Kyle cannot wait for this weekend to get here so his Tennessee Titans can take the field. And who are they going against? Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Right? All right. What, uh, what's the, I, I didn't even look at the spread. I should have checked the spread on, on BetOnline, but I haven't yet. So um, I'm assuming Tennessee is the favorite in that one. They should be. Yeah. So BetOnline remains the number one spot for the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. And a new updated desktop and mobile website. When you sign up today, you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just using the promo code Locked On. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. That's BetOnline.ag. So, so one other thing that I kind of uh, was just getting frustrated with, I alluded to it in the the first segment, was I just could not uh, get possession of the puck, have clean zone exits, and and more than that, uh, zone entries into their offensive zone. I mean, there was that one time where <clears throat> Johnson and Taves ran three minutes, three minute plus shifts. Yeah. The, I mean, the other players on the abs have to recognize that, and I'm sure they did, and just go into your zone. Don't yeah. They were trying to get cute and pass, <clears throat> excuse me, on the defensive blue line to yeah. try to make a pass, and it would get intercepted, and that would just keep those guys out there longer. And I don't know if they even knew they were out there for that long because Johnson was skating towards his bench, and someone passed him the puck. Yeah. And now he's got to play it, and he's out there for another 30 seconds. So – you know, just bring the puck in the zone, and once you get it in, then just dump it behind, and then get a get a wholesale line change. But the, I mean, those guys—it didn't seem like they were were dogging it, believe it or not. I mean, they're in fantastic shape, but you can't have that happen. No, you cannot have your two defensive uh, players running three minute plus shifts. Yeah, that could have been catastrophic. I think the last time I like I. Off the off the top of my head, the last time I seen that happen with the Avalanche was I think it was Patrick Waugh's last year against San Jose, and they kept us pinned in that zone. And I I think Johnson was on that line as well, mm-hmm. and they just kept wearing us down, wearing us down, wearing us down, and they got a goal off that. And they were able to make I think it was one line change while we were still trapped in the zone, mm-hmm. and they ended up scoring the goal to win that game. And it speaks to where this Avalanche team is now. That Johnson's older, still on this line that's getting exhausted, and you really couldn't tell. If they didn't mention that he was out there for three minutes, you thought he would have been off and back on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and, you know, they were saying like when, once he got to the got back to the bench, they're just like, eh, we just that's fine. Yeah. We we can do that again. Like, no, <laughs> I don't want you to do that again. Um, and then the other one was uh the power play. There was one power play that the Avalanche had, and they stayed out there. The top line stayed out there the full two minutes, mm-hmm. and th- and then not because they kept cycling the puck and and they kept the puck in the zone, and um, you know they were they were 
in control. Like there was plenty of puck stoppages Mm -hmm. and especially right around, you know, once it gets below a minute, that second, second ship usually comes out for the power play. They stayed out there the entire time. This was in the second period and it was clear. Bednar was like, we need something going here. And he left them out there for the duration of the power play. They didn't get it, but uh, I think it was sending a message like, we got to up the game here, fellas. Yeah. And again, to the physical fitness, because I know it was something we talked about earlier in the year with the injuries. What is our strength and conditioning coach doing? Well, apparently getting them ready for long shifts because (laughs) that two-minute power play, they didn't look fatigued and they were still trying. But uh, like it was goose eggs on both power plays. It's great that the Avalanche were killing penalties, but... You really, especially in games like this, if you have a man advantage, you've got to put that puck away and put the game away earlier than that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was 0 for 2 on the power play. I'm not disappointed with how they looked. I thought the power plays looked okay. Uh, But even more than that, they held the Ducks to 0 for 4 on on their own power play. So maybe, again, you're getting a, a, a little bit more improvement on your penalty kill. Uh, but you, in my opinion, at this point, you got to do more than, than what you're showing right now. Yeah. You know, this needs to continue for, for a little while. Yeah. In my opinion. So, um, only 28 shots on goal for the abs. I mean, it was tough. It was tough to find shooting lanes. And again, I give a lot of credit to, to Anaheim for that. And things got a little chippy towards the end. You had Miko Ranton and this is when. When he when Miko's not happy, uh, he he lets it be known. Yes, and he was not happy about a no call on Lindholm, which he cross checked. I'm pretty sure it was Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. behind the goalie, right into the boards. Nobody else was there. It was just them two. Nothing was called. And then the amount of time it took for the puck to go down to the other end of the ice. You know, Mika, and he did. I mean, he, 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 I don't remember who he cross checked, but he did. And, and they called him for that. And he was not ha- happy with how are you going to call me? But literally seconds earlier, y- you just swallow the whistle on that. Yeah. So that was a little, I don't blame him for that. And then he comes right back out. And then we had that melee right uh, with Gibson because he, 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 cover, he covered the puck and Miko kind of got the stick in there and, and, Underneath his glove, after the whistle had blown, it, it was bang, bang, but they blew the whistle. That goal wasn't going to count. No. <clears throat> but because he had a, a stick on the goalie's glove, I think it was Deloria took exception to that. It looked like he shoved Miko's head into the ice or close to it or was attempting to. Somehow Miko ranted and got a, a penalty for that. Deloria did, but somehow Miko ranted and got a slashing penalty for that and i don't know how yeah i was about to say what you saw there was him clearly slashing i don't know how we got that confused being at home that was clearly slashing when you don't have a stick you're laying on your face i mean letters letter of the law (laughs) are you not getting tired of this like tit for tat like penalty like i'm calling it on this guy and it's during like a scrum so i'm gonna call something on the other guy i know it's like it just seems like it's happening more recently than any time before. Like that should have been one penalty, two minutes Delorier in the box power play for the abs. 
but why? But but be, now we have to even things out. Is that yeah. where we we're really doing this now more often than not? And it's interesting that they called that that evening evening out penalty when they did, and then didn't call Miko again. I think it was like two minutes to go in the game when he it was uh the Ducks defender Combs Comois um oh. when they when they collided yeah. and there was no call and I was like okay which that there shouldn't have been a, there well there should have been a call on that you know what it should have been embellishment on that like he didn't get hit that hard and no. he was like a soccer player going down yeah it was it was the equivalent of Hartman the other night laying on his like laying on the puck Unreal. like that call for a delay a game in there and for that composure for Miko to go through both of those instances and then not get called for that third one I found shocking and for Bednar not to challenge that goal because you got to keep in mind he did not have audio like we had we got to listen to when the whistle was blown. He's watching this off an iPad, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know when that whistle's blown. So he could have easily, because you know how Bednar is with his reviews, he could have easily made a review right there and gave us gave the Ducks an opportunity to tie the game. I so, see what you're yeah, you, you're saying he he. It's good that he didn't. Yes, but because you're in a loud arena, and when you're <clears throat> looking at. Or even looking up at the uh, you know the jumbotron, they're not putting the audio up on that, uh, or the the pad. It might be tough to hear the audio. That's a good point. Yeah, because but you got to think about like Bednar doesn't have that intel, and but he still had the wherewithal to say no. We're not even going to risk it. <laughs> like we can't yeah. get going. We don't need to give him an opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I, I put up something on Twitter about like you know where is the slash on Miko. And uh, his name's Jeremy. Jeremy Thompson posted something to that. And he said, I'm sitting behind the bench. So he was at the game and he's sitting behind the bench, um, behind the abs bench. He says, I'm trying to lip read. And the ref looked like he complained to Bednar that someone had told him to F off and he was upset about it. Mm. that's what we're calling penalties on now. And I, that's what I said. I responded saying, so we're calling penalties on hurt feelings. Now, is that what we're doing refs? This is funny. I'm, it, I'm glad he brought that up because I wonder if that's why, uh, Nas is kicked out of every other face off circle that he <laughs> ever gets in. Yeah. Good point. Cause it doesn't seem like he does anything egregious. He, no, he doesn't do anything. And it's when he starts, you watch the lips, he's chirping. And that's usually when he gets kicked out. So I wonder if this is now like the unwritten rule for referees. I wonder if that's what Nas's problem is right now. So the you know so someone I'm assuming that someone was Miko yeah. told this ref to you know jog off, and uh, that turned into a slash, maybe a slash to his ego. I I I couldn't tell you. Looks like TNT mic the wrong player. Yeah, what they, they yeah because they mic'd up Landeskog for. Mm-hmm. The and was he, I mean, uh, I mean, they're not going to play that live. No. You know, they'll they'll check the audio before they do it. But he, he probably, if Mika was on the ice, he probably was mixing it up in there. I don't remember if he was or not. But And we're not a year yeah. removed from that referee in the Nashville game talking about literally making mm. up an even call. So yep. they got to be careful. Yep. Exactly. All right. Uh, the, the abs, so... 
you know, we'll move on to the the February schedule that just came out. But all in all, uh, a, a, a rough game, a tough game, and we'll see what the Abs do. They got to turn around, play another one immediately in, in uh, Los Angeles against the Kings. Tough, tough team playing very well um, and have been a thorn in the side of the Avalanche for the past couple seasons. So we'll see if that continues for this year because I don't think they've played yet, the two of them this, have played that yet this season. I don't season. think so. No. <clears throat> so looking forward to that one. They're a young, exciting team. Yeah. Um, for the Avs, we got the the schedule for February and the makeup games that we were talking about uh, on yesterday's episode. So it's not in the same order, I don't believe. No, it is. Is it? Let's see. Because you have so the 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 Tampa game is going to be your first game, and then they have the two games against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Did they put these games out of order? I think they did put them out of order. Like it's not the same. It's not in the same order that the seven that they typically were if they would have played them regular. Not yeah, that that they, matters. I'm no. just saying that that's kind of interesting that they maneuvered those seven games around. So the two things that stand out, there's two two games, uh, one against Buffalo and the other against Boston, both away games that both start at, if you're mountain time, 11 a.m. I mean, that's kind of cool. You're waking up, have some breakfast, have your morning coffee, maybe get a couple chores done and <laughs> sit down and watch some hockey at 11 a.m. That's kind of that's kind of cool. Um, but I think the the worst thing of all of this is there's a back to back. It's a home game against Dallas, and then you are playing in Vegas. All right, so that's uh, the 15th and the 16th. Fast forward to the end of the month, and this was already on the schedule, so this couldn't really change. You're doing another back-to-back at home against Winnipeg and then going to Vegas again. So they the, the, the back-to-back at the end of the month was already scheduled. They input a back-to-back, and both of them, the second game is against Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah. It's the cards you're dealt, but it's a bad hand. And then you get a two-game gap between Vegas and then Buffalo, and then one day off, and then that early game against Boston. So the scheduling is weird, and they give us back-to-backs with Vegas at the end of them. I know. And you really don't want to see – although Vegas is kind of take them or leave them right now – it's it's never good. We talked about it yesterday with the hatred for Vegas. Yeah, it's uh, we'll I mean, have to it's, see how it's that goes. Like, what are you, what are you gonna do? It, it's and I I remember hearing, and again, nothing was set in stone. I just remember you know uh, reading things and seeing reports coming out that at least they were probably going to attempt to give everybody a week off. Yeah, uh, that's not happening. Not happening. You you get a good a good stretch amount of time. Well, actually I'm, I'm correcting myself as I'm looking at this. I'm thinking you're getting a week off um, like towards the end of the month, but you know, you do get a week off. Wow. Okay. At the beginning yeah. of the month, <laughs> I, I was completely you, misreading this. I you, com- was it, you play yeah. Arizona, get a week off and then right into Tampa. And so. Yeah. Yeah. They're both at home. I mean, you get more than a week off. Yeah. So your, your Arizona game is the first of February and then you're not playing to the 10th. So 
I was not even paying attention to the beginning of the month. So yeah, I mean, you do get it. So I guess that's good. You can kind of rest up a little bit and then you are well rested to go up against uh, Tampa in Colorado. But let's see, you got four home games for the month and one, two, three, four, five, six away games for the month. All right. I mean, you got to get through this stuff. You know, you got to reschedule these games. You got to play them. I think that's the only thing. The only downside of that is those two back-to-backs where the second of those back-to-backs are both against Vegas and in Vegas. I, it, but, but what are you going to do? I mean, uh, I, I mean, could, could you have, could you, you, I guess you could have put that, the makeup Vegas game a day later. You could have given a day off after Dallas. You give a day off, you go play the Vegas game on thursday and then friday's your traveling day and you go play an early game on saturday you could have done that but for whatever reason they didn't the abs have two days off instead and just to let you guys know ahead of time march doesn't look any better so it marches funky and then you get the rest of january so that the um that week off is going to come at a really good time because we're playing boston playing chicago again after we get done with the Kings tonight, we get Montreal Saturday. So it's a little bit of an up and down, and then you get to finish it all out with Arizona, take a break, and then it's another grind to the end. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's just the way the season's designed. And, it, you know, honestly, it's it's okay. Let, let's roll up our sleeves and let's get to work. There's no, no complaining about the schedule. So what? We play them uh, second game of a back-to-back. And if, if we, we beat them, then that's just another feather in your cap of, of you know, uh, kind of just adversity that's thrown in yeah. your face through this entire season with injuries, with scheduling, with COVID stuff, with, uh, you know, the season being on pause, like all that stuff. And you come through it and you keep winning those games in different styles and different fashions. It's all gravy for when the, the playoffs come around. So, yeah. The avalanche are getting tested, which is what we need. Yeah. You don't want seven to two blowouts every game. I know it, it's fun and exciting and your anxiety level is is low when you watch those games because, you know, it's a guaranteed win halfway through the third. Uh, but that's what makes this game awesome yeah. is the best game because, you know, these games are exciting. It doesn't matter who you're going up against. So the Avs are winning them in this style. And that's that's the good part of it is they're winning them. That yeah. is the best part of it. And this kind of mindset would have helped us last year in the playoffs, especially against Vegas, because you get so accustomed because we were playing in conference last year and you Mm. get so accustomed to team in, team out. You know how they're going to play, how you're going to beat them, like having all of these different teams come in, play you different ways. It's really testing you. And I think the avalanche after this is all said and done will be better set up for the playoffs than they were last year. Completely agree. So, all right, let's get back at it tonight. Abs and Kings. And Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to discuss all of that. But for right now, it's going to wrap it up. Uh, Yeah, Abs get two more points and another one in the win column. That's what you want. So uh, it'll wrap it up. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Go check out Locked On NHL. It is me and uh, Gil from... Uh, Locked on Islanders. Islanders. We yeah. uh, Gil subs in for Adam, and we do the uh, the power rankings for this week. So head on over to Locked on NHL for your second listen of the day. 
All right, everybody. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche Avalanche Podcast, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.